0: Yeah, shampoo- right from the beginning, yeah. Right? a little bit of shampoo conditioner. Okay. Um Is it leave-in conditioner we're talking about we're talking about just straightening <laughs> up? Nah no nah, nah. Obviously have it in for a couple of minutes. Get the shower jelly that one, the end yeah, wash it out. Um Moroccan oil. Uh, Wack the hairdryer out. Okay. Get the hairbrush. Um, obviously you know, in the mirror, doing my trim and that. Uh, then when it's, when I've like dried it with the hairdryer, obviously the Moroccan oil is still in there a little bit. Then I put hair bond in it, like a wax, okay. to style it. Yeah, yeah. And then I use uh, hair spray, the yellow got to be at the end, just to like you know hold it. So three things I use: Moroccan oil, hair bond wax, and then um, uh, the got to be hair spray. So, cootie, you're a man, Now people say, well, they want him around the place. For what? What, what Does he do card tricks? Does he have a sing song? Does he does quizzes in the evenings? What does he do? What does he do? that doesn't matter as I've said in the past consistency is not what this is about it's about quality if your favorite band put it on an album every week do you think it would be any good I'm not trying to be the the Robert Pollard of soccer podcasts Congratulations to Seattle Sounders. We're recording this at 1.02 a.m. Eastern Time. Just watched the CONCACAF Champions League final. Uh, More on that soon. As I mentioned, Seattle Sounders, your CONCACAF Champions League winners 2022. This is, in the words, oh, excuse me, choked there. We're only going to go in one take here, so I don't have time to go back and edit. It's late. I say your because everyone on TV says that this is a win for America and all of MLS, which good luck taking credit for that. If you're not a Seattle fan, go up, throw on your uh, FC Cincinnati shirt and go down outside Lumen Field and say we did it and see what everyone has to say. They're they're probably all in a pretty good mood. If they saw a Cincinnati fan right now, people probably want to have fun with them, but if if you, you know, I don't know. If, 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 I just, I don't really think those people exist, though. Like, I was gonna go into a whole thing about how embarrassing it would be as a fan of another team to, like, say we did it in that like American soccer has I don't know this is these are the things that when you're hopeless at international level you gotta you gotta celebrate this sort of thing and it's a great achievement for the Sounders I mean I'm very jealous of them this seems great they're all having a lot of fun they have this great moment you know I was a little concerned watching the game because the first goal was scored off of a deflection off a defender's hand that sort of trickled into the net wrong footing the goalkeeper that is not the sort of moment that a big final should that 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 can't be the only goal in a big final You know, when, when fans rewatch this years from now, if that was, if that was it, if that was the one, a goal that would have been a penalty had it not gone in, that went in just the ugliest way possible, it would have been, it's, it's difficult to have like, you know, you know, celebrate it the same, watching it back. I just feel that there's like when I watch, there's Arsenal games that I rewatch and, you know, cup finals, the 2017 uh, FA Cup final against Chelsea. And when Alexis scores the first goal, there's just some confusion as to whether or not it would count because it went to VAR and everyone just sort of stood around. And, you know, eventually they award it and there's a sort of the big, you know, big group hug. But it's sort of like, it's almost like it didn't happen. Like it just sort of took any momentum out of it. Now, granted, there was no controversy as to whether or not Seattle had scored this goal. But just from, you know, it's the name of the show, an aesthetic point of view, it's not good enough. However, second goal, excellent. Third goal, pretty good. Deflected off the, you know, uh, Jordan Morris uh, banged one off the post, and then uh, uh, Lodiero was there to put it in. Took his shirt off, did the the messy celebration where he turns his shirt around and holds it up. It just everyone knows who you are, man. Everyone in that stadium knows who you are, anyway. You know, the cameras did pick it up, but it was sort of later. But he got a, he had a great moment as well when he uh, when he got substituted off and got to just sort of soak up all the applause for that. Now, a few things there is that there's players that have reached heights that uh Lodiero never will. You know, at at, uh, at the club and and an international level, you don't really get many moments like that where you are on a sure thing winner or a winning side in a cup final and you are coming off to a standing ovation and just sort of get to walk and just take it all in and do the sort of round of like high fives and hugs with teammates and all that. There's not a lot of players who have won more than he'll ever win, you know, in bigger competitions on bigger stages, but that that ever really got to experience that specifically and uh and so i think that's that's great for him i think that was uh uh they said it in the broadcast that it's also part of good management is uh is being able to give your players those sort of moments and i agree with that completely i think that was i think that was great uh less great you know was alexi Lawless afterwards And I don't want to be one of these, like, like I I know that everyone's anti Alexi Lawless, but like at some point yelling about it is sort of giving it air that it doesn't deserve. But his opinion on this doesn't even seem to it's it's annoying, but it seems to be like this kind of kind of consensus that this is a win for, for everybody. And I, I just don't see it. I don't see how this makes um, MLS better. It does sort of remove the idea that MLS teams are completely incapable of achieving this. And, you know, that's big, but I don't, see how you know they're they're saying afterwards and like and make no mistake you know Liga MX teams are watching this and they're going to be and, and they're going to be stocking up uh, heading into next year because now they know and just like I don't think so you know when 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 Chelsea won the Champions League last year were they saying just like oh and well and and listen the cl- Spanish clubs are watching this Barcelona is getting ready to come back because they've seen what Chelsea can do. It's like everybody wants to win it every year. Liga MX teams have not suddenly been woken up to the, the, the fact that there is a CONCACAF Champions League. I think they already wanted to win this. And they usually do. But I don't know, like, what, what, what's, how's, how is this a win for everyone? Like, in, in what way are we supposed to celebrate this? Is every team going to hang a banner up in their stadium, uh, like when Jackie Robinson's number got retired throughout baseball? We're all going to raise it. There will be a when when Seattle comes to town, you have to raise a banner celebrating the time that they did this for you. All gave some, some gave all. The C- the Seattle Sounders and the Seattle Sounders alone dragged MLS over the line when no one else would. But as I say, I am, I am happy for them. Or happy enough anyway. It, I, I, there's several Seattle f- fans that I am friends with and I am happy for them. They're having a nice time as I mentioned. I've got the only other thing is that it's the the trophy lift. I I feel like was poorly conceived. I love a trophy lift in all sports. Um, soccer. Uh, uh, and obviously, I feel this way, but soccer does it better than any other sport. Um, you know, Stanley Cup, pretty good. Uh, football, terrible. Uh, because they they give it to the owner first. Um same sort of thing happens in basketball as i recall uh now uh so lodiero it's given the trophy he is has to sort of like weave his way through everybody else to get to the front uh, that that shouldn't happen uh the they they didn't put the team colors on the trophy it was just red and white they could have put Sounders color ribbons on the on the side of that trophy that 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 would have been a nice touch they didn't care to all the players are wearing commemorative t-shirts which again very much an american sports thing but the you know for for the team photo you sort of want it to be commemorated with the the jersey that they were wearing when they won the game you know that sort of freezes it in time And forever to be associated with that instead of a t-shirt that um, even the people that buy them uh, will be destroyed in, uh, say, 18 months' time. um, And buried at the bottom of the drawer or turned into a dust rag in a way that you would never do with the jersey that your team wore when they were crowned CONCACAF Champions League champions. And also uh, Paradise by Coldplay was playing when the trophy was lifted and the confetti cannons went off. So that wasn't great either. Um, I scored it. Let me see here. It's just a new bit that I have. I scored trophy lifts. Um, I gave it a 6.3 for all those reasons, which I uh, recalled from memory, even though I tweeted it out 55 minutes ago and uh one last note uh they had a sort of omnidirectional uh uh flamethrower uh, before the game that was really good. big fan of that now in the past, we've struggled to transition from segment to segment, but I'll tell you this time, we've got new bumps. Your first Premier League goal. Yeah. <laughs> look in your, <laughs> the look in your face was one of almost surprise. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. I mean, I've scored a few Carabao Cup goals, but it's nice to get my premier, first Premier League goal. And uh, yeah, I hope we can build on that now and it's get done, some more. It took six years and on a six new years and <laughs> Come on, mate. <laughs> The UEFA Champions League also happened today and yesterday. Or if you're hearing this when the show comes out, it'd be yesterday and the day prior. We're not going to get bogged down on that. So how about this Karim Benzema? Now, Benzema gets a lot of credit, one, for scoring goals. That's a a given. He does a lot of great work there. Now, uh, what he also gets a lot of credit for is being able to do this at his age. Now, um, I am eight days older than Karim Benzema. So he'll get no credit from me. And it's very important that you know that is the the one dividing line that I am forced to make is that if you're ever to give a player credit because he's doing what he's doing at the age he's doing it and like, Oh, how can he keep going at this rate? Given his advanced age, they have to be younger than me or otherwise I won't accept it. If you want to talk about how incredible Goran Pandev is, I'm—I'll have that conversation all day. And I don't watch much of Parma, you know this th- this season or any really. Um, seems that uh, quickly checking Wikipedia, he scored once in eleven appearances. But he's thirty-eight, twenty seventh July, nineteen eighty-three. Born in Yugoslavia, country that no longer exists. I can support that all day. Now, Benzema... Uh, look, is eight days... Am I, am I splitting hairs here? Yes. Does this truly matter that much to me, given that very soon every single professional player will be younger than I am? Yes. Was it ever a possibility that I was going to be able to do it at this level? Not really. At what age did I start playing in any organized way? 22. But well, here's, I, I, subscribe to the, the, the Ken Early, uh, belief though, that, uh, that, that fans relationship relationships with the players. And he wrote this about, uh, Granite Xhaka when Granite Xhaka had ripped off the captain's armband and threw it down that there's always a a sort of resentment between the fans and the players even the players on your own team because because it's them out there and not you and it might be because i'm mentally ill but i get that to an extent now and you don't Ever really feel it in the positive way when a player is great? You know, you don't you don't think that like, oh, that should be me. You know, you don't look at no one watched Thierry Henry and thought like, this is bullshit. I should I should be the one out there. But when someone is throwing a fit, um, wearing your club shirt, and you know, and rips the captain's armband off and throws it on the ground. It's, it's very how dare you because you could, you know, you're just like, well, if that were me, I can't imagine doing that. And it's like, well, there's a lot of different reasons that it wasn't you. Where do you want to start on why it was Granite Jaka out there wearing the captain's armband instead of you, a guy who works in a liquor store? And That's not a slight against people who work in liquor stores because I work in a liquor store. Luka Modric, there's a player that if you want to talk about a guy who's old, you want to talk about an older player. That's there's your man. Uh, I don't know how Real Madrid have done this. Um, I've I said the other day at work when talking about Tom Brady that I said him retiring. Um, for that what eight weeks maybe and then deciding to come back sort of um, broke any momentum that he had and therefore um, uh, the, the magic is gone and that's the belief that I have heading into this NFL season and I jokingly said I'm done with analytics I'm done with data I am going all in and believing in magic. And I said that as a joke at the time. However, someone needs to come up with a more compelling argument than Magic for what Real Madrid are doing. That reason might be that Pep, as people say, is a bald fraud. Now, some people lose their hair. That's what happens. Is he a fraud? Well, that's not really for me to say. But for someone who is probably the most innovative manager of the last, or is certainly the most innovative manager of the last 20 years, who has really changed the way people have thought about the game and about coaching and about about the field itself, about like the simplest part, That people talk about zone 14 touches now because of Pep Guardiola. That's all incredible. However, his continued inability to get this thing over the line since leaving Barcelona. I'm not a big believer in legacy. I don't think it should really matter. You know, Kimi Rackinen, when he retired from F1 last year, they made a video and he was asked how he'll be remembered. And he said... I don't really care because I accomplished everything I wanted to accomplish. And I think that attitude would probably serve a lot of people well. That being said, people like to talk about these sort of things, you know. People who have uh, never seen Maradona or... Statistically speaking, someone who has never watched 90 Minutes of Pele is right now somewhere... In somebody else's living room. Arguing that Pele was the greatest player of all time. However. There are probably. Millions and millions of more. Who have never heard of him. And simply aren't interested. And that's how it goes. Imagine the legacy that people. In the. You know 16th. 17th century thought that they were leaving behind. Kings across Europe the way that they thought that they would be remembered for all time and no one cares and that may happen to Pep Guardiola long considered to be the best coach in the world for years and years and now what are we supposed to think how could this happen to the greatest coach the the, the greatest coach of since Alex Ferguson I don't have any real st- t- like you know analysis for why this could have happened except for that Kyle Walker had to come off um, I'm I've, every couple weeks i rotate through having like a player to fixate on who i think is the best and uh now it's Kyle Walker. Kyle Walker is my guy currently. I I I think about him a lot. Even though he used to play for Spurs. I don't really hold it against him. He does a whole different thing now. He's uh you know, he he, he he's more versatile. He's not just uh not just a fullback anymore he's uh, he, he can do it all he's multi-dimensional and that's because of pep the greatest coach in the world uh <laughs> oh, he's just he, he's also just really fast you know there's a uh between the the two teams today a lot of really fast players really enjoyable to watch a lot of guys who uh you know it, it's Real Madrid... For, for being considered a team full of old guys. Have some uh, very fast young guys as well. The true glory of all of this, though, is watching clips from El Guito afterwards. Which I think I'm pronouncing correctly. I've watched the clips many times, but it's not a word I've ever said out loud. I have almost no Spanish. Uh, I looked it up, Uh, uh, Chiringuito is a sort of, um, you know, a a bar, but perhaps not officially, so sort of like a, a kind of like a a beach hut, or it doesn't necessarily have to be on a beach, but I think they tend to be on beaches, that, um, you know, just sort of sells beers and tapas and and, and things like that, sort of a, can can be a, a gray market. Kind of uh, thing. It's a, you know, sk- skirting the rules sort of thing, which is delightful. Um, I skimmed the Wikipedia for it uh, a couple hours ago and I, I, I don't have it in front of me. Point is, if you've never seen the show, it is the, it's sort of like a Spanish football, like Fox and Friends. Kind of thing is the first place my mind goes. Um, It's deadly serious and extremely stupid. Uh, From as best I can tell, no one involved in the show is a legitimate journalist or broadcaster. People are constantly crying. Uh, Most of them seem to be over 60. 60. Uh, Today, um, uh, we had one guy uh, come in and uh, walk around celebrating for a while and sat down and then uh, just started sobbing about what it means to uh, support Real Madrid. Again, not sure who he is uh, or why he's there. I think he might just be a season ticket holder. Uh, maybe he's a... a, a local favorite around Madrid hard to say uh they also have another guy uh Cristobal Soria who I think might be the resident Barcelona fan who uh effectively threatened to kill himself on air uh here we go let's let's watch it in real time that's it I'm losing years of my life I can't handle this I'm losing years of my life I'm reconsidering absolutely everything. Everything. I want to change sport. I'm reconsidering my TV existence. I'm reconsidering getting up tomorrow morning. Why should I? If there's no way of understanding this. And on top of that, I have to come up and put up with you lot. Come in here and put up with you lot. And then they show a man laughing uh, to the left. um, Who looks... Sort of like Ted Knight, uh, who you'll know as Judge Smales and Caddyshack, among other things. Uh, It is not Ted Knight, of course. Uh, Ted Knight died in 1986. uh, And he was American. He was not Spanish. It's basically a marketing strategy for a drinks brand. That's what this club exists as. There's some other things to get to. Now, the again, the, the show's never had much of a focus on anything except for what doesn't matter. But there are a few other things uh, to get to that I wouldn't say are uncategorized, but I don't have enough Premier League things to talk about to say, like, this is the Premier League section. It was uh, Cess Fabregas' birthday. That's a big one, right? Now he's older than me. He's thirty. He's just turned thirty-five. So, uh, Cesc Fabregas, but but also as someone who is the same age as this person, who's uh, and again, we've we've talked about what's embarrassing as far as like what you believe that you're capable of in your own life. Um, and I don't think that it's important for me as an adult to celebrate Cesc Fabregas's birthday. But what I will say is a lot of Arsenal fans uh have not forgiven sesk for the way that he left for barcelona in 2011 i understand this to an extent uh yeah it, it wasn't great i hated it at the time i hated that there was a two year campaign of him being tapped up by barcelona players uh throughout the media saying at every single opportunity that Cesc has Barca DNA. This is where he belongs. He should be playing in the best team in the world. That's us. He should be here. When Spain won the World Cup in 2010, and that's a victory celebration, Carlos Pugliel and Gerard Pique walked up behind him when Pepe Reina was holding a microphone up to his uh, face and pulled a Barcelona shirt over his head. and that, And he kept his arms crossed and laughed embarrassed in an embarrassed manner. And Pepe Reina again not blameless in that he knew what was going to happen. So And by the way, we want to talk about a victory for all MLS. If if something like that, like your country has just won its first ever World Cup. And during the victory celebration, you distracted from that by bringing your club shirt onto the stage to pull it over the shoulders of an arsenal player i i think there should have been more of a backlash towards that in general from places outside of arsenal because that's ridiculous. And I know, like, there is sort of the opposite side of that, is your your uh, Christian Pulisic of the world um, uh, running out and holding up the Champions League trophy while wearing a, uh, a USMNT hoodie, having his winner's medal draped over his uh, USMNT hoodie. wouldn't even know he's a Chelsea player. But anyway, a lot of people like to uh, call Sesc a snake, um, and it's uh, they all sort of say the exact same things all the time, which suggests that it's learned, and they're all just copying each other. Now, I think the average age of the people calling Sesc Fabregas a snake is about 17. So when I go to argue with them, I always try to keep that in mind. That a lot of these people probably didn't watch him play. They probably didn't watch in uh, against Barcelona in the Champions League in 2010 when Sesk scored a penalty on a broken leg. They probably have... Uh, they've probably seen the clips of, of the the, the Arshavan goal that Sesk starts with this fantastic uh, cushion turn and spin and spraying a, a pass out wide... Uh, goes about, you know, sort of about 50 yards into space. They might have seen him do that. Uh, they might have seen when he came off the bench uh, injured against Villa and scored two goals to give Arsenal a lead. Uh, you know, they might have seen uh, his many goals against Tottenham. Uh, and And I understand that people get mad when players leave their club. It's not always amicable. It's not like when, you know, Bakri Sanya left Arsenal and it was just understood that he wasn't going to sign a new contract. It's just, he he wasn't, and that's just what it was. And he gave everything until the final day, uh, which his last game was the 2014 FA Cup final, and then he went to Manchester City. And no one really held this against him. Um, Fabregas left when things were in a bad place. Um, although it's fair to say that him leaving left Arsenal in a very bad place. He was the captain. Um, he, but I mean, he was captain because the captain prior to him was William Gallus, who was an asshole. So already like cracks are starting to show within the club. You know, you, you you went uh in order here. Uh you went Tony Adams, Patrick Vieira, Thierry Henry, William Gallus, Sesk Fabregas, Robin Van Persie, Thomas Vermallen. Uh that that sort of streak there shows that the, the quality and uh, the 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 judgment shown by Arsene Wenger was wasn't great you had uh one uh after Adams retired Vieira Vieira forced his way out you know not he didn't force his way he didn't go on strike or anything like that but um but it was he was looking to get out and go to Italy for for years and years uh Henri left after you know uh Sort he didn't really go on strike, but he sort of disappeared for a few weeks. Um, in his last season, uh, there's you know, personality conflicts there. It goes to Gallus. He mouths off in the media about, um, uh, about the locker room, and uh, gets uh, gets the c stripped from him. Fabregas, uh, st- basically just gives up on on. Play- <laughs> Uh, not to undercut my argument here, but basically in uh, 2011, he wanted to go to Barcelona. It, I, we got 35 million for him. It should have been so much more. It should have been a lot more. And I see why people are still angry about that. However, here's the thing: he left for his boyhood club. You know, family, season ticket holders. They were the best team in the world at the time. Pep Guardiola was the manager. As we've established, the the greatest coach. And I I don't begrudge anybody wanting to join Barcelona at that time. If you had the opportunity to go to Barcelona in 2011, would you have done it? Yes or no. Would you have done it if you were from there? what if this what if you were what if Barcelona were your team and I was upset when it happened, and then I was definitely very upset when he signed for Chelsea and came back into the league now uh there's some debate amongst the Arsenal subreddit uh many of them the Dumbest people alive, as to whether or not there was a pre-contract signed that it was it had been agreed to with Chelsea six months ahead of time, and that's why Arsene Wenger didn't bother to bring him back. Well, that's what some people say. However, Fabrias said when he was interviewed on the ArsCast a few years ago, said that it was always in the contract when he went to Barcelona that Arsenal would have first refusal. Uh, so when they contacted Arsenal, and the, by the way, and this was talked about for years, like the the entire time he was there, it's just that oh well, maybe you know if it doesn't work out, because it was always possible that didn't work wouldn't work out. Seth Fabregas, one of the best midfielders in Europe. When he left Arsenal, however, he was joining a midfield that had three of the best midfielders alive in it. Ever, so he went to the one team where he wasn't guaranteed a starting place, and that's when the Pep started playing him as a false nine and all that. Um, he, he just sees things that other people don't, and then when things didn't work out there, uh, because it's going to Barcelona or Real Madrid, it's it's very it's, it's fraught. You know, very few players. You don't really get to define your own legacy there. For every Benzema, there are 50 Eden Hazards. And that's just how it goes. So it didn't work out for Cesc Fabregas. um, Nor has it worked out for basically any Arsenal player who ever joined Barcelona. So let that be a lesson to everybody. Aubameyang has been doing well, but... uh, the last couple of weeks haven't been great for him or the club in general, but you know, Alex Song, Thomas Fromal, Alex Club, uh, not a lot of guys who went there and you know tore the league up. Anyway, it was in Fabregas's contract that when if Barcelona decided to sell him, Arsenal would get first refusal. His agent called Arsenal said, you know, this is happening. We're on the market. And nothing happened. They didn't call him back. Didn't show any interest. And so we went to Chelsea. And there were quotes afterwards, you know, where Arsene Wenger said, like, well, you know, we couldn't bring him back. We had Mesut And I got to tell you, if I could go back to 2013 and make it so that Mesut Ozil never joins Arsenal and Cesc Fabregas comes back, I make that deal 100 times out of 100. And now, I acknowledge my bias here. He was my first ever favorite Arsenal player. He remains my f- favorite ever player. So, of course, I'm defending him. But people need to grow up is the thing. People do things that will hurt you. You hurt other people. All day, every day, this is happening. People make decisions, and everybody lives with the consequences. And you you think about it, and you say, well... Does this one single thing define this person forever? You know, does making a business decision in your short career as a professional footballer, deciding to go home to Barcelona when they were the best team in the world. How upset should you be about that? 11 years later and should you be tweeting and I, and and I don't want to get into Liz Warren stuff here. I'm not one of, I am not one of these people, but should you be tweeting snake emojis at Seth Fabregas on his 35th birthday, 11 years after he left Arsenal? Who's, who's the, the one embarrassing the club here? Who's making the club look bad here? Cesc Fabregas? I don't think so. Arsenal wished him happy birthday as well. That's about as coherent. Usually I'm just yelling when, uh, when talking about anything related to this. Because I... Reddit is a really fantastic way to get a lot of news in one place. And that's about it. Any of the people on there are just—they're well, just scum, aren't they? So, whatever. Uh, Another important news. Oh, let's see. Let me just give me ten seconds here to find it. Yes. Um, a man named uh David Stoker. Uh, at David Stoker underscore LFC in what is definitely a first in my long football watching career encompassing a couple thousand games. At least the Whitburn number four's wig has just fallen off mid game. And of course, when you zoom in on the photo here and I've retweeted this, you can go to my feed at Mr. Two Damn Soccer, which you know about if you're listening to this. And you'll see that there is a man stood uh, just on the edge of the center circle. Uh, Looks to be just inside the uh, opposition half. Uh, And he is quite bald. And now we don't see the wig. uh, We don't see where the wig has gone. But uh, if he was wearing a wig, he certainly isn't here. And we're choosing to take David Stoker's word for this. Oh, hang on. If you go down. Oh, yes. There are pictures of him from earlier in the game where he is wearing the wig. And I regret to inform you, he is the captain. You cannot have a captain that wears a wig. I... (laughs) I buried the lead on this... Because it happened over the weekend, and so much has happened in the last two days. T- today, especially, with uh, the second uh, Real Madrid and City game. But uh, of course, I said a huge moment from my whole thing when Aaron Ramsdale said what he said in the post game interview about Rob Holding. And he said, only took six years in a new hairline. And that, for me, is I'm always talking about Rob Holding's hairline. You know me. Both of Arsenal's goal scorers. Against West Ham. Gabrielle and Rob Holding have, have had some work done. Uh, with their hair. And as someone said a huge day for hair plugs. And then Ramsdale mentioned it in the post-match. And oh god. It's 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 I'm putting this sort of energy out into the world talking about these things and to see it sort of come back to me is it's, we've already decided that this show is, is advocates for, for magic. And I said um that I, that I felt like the Trump meme magic people must've felt, even though they're like animals which to be like put in a burlesque her and dropped in a river but but i <laughs> couldn't help but like i've 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 seen that documentary about them and it's sort of how i felt where i'm just like oh wow i'm um, like through through the use of chaos magic i have i now have the players talking about hairlines on television i have uh uh we have 71 Twitter followers right now. So I don't know if I am re- responsible in any way. But I, but it, 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 back to our point. You, If you cannot be the captain of any club and wear a wig on the field, you can get hair transplants. And let me be clear that if I could afford the quality of hair transplants that Rob Holding has, I would absolutely do that. I'm not there yet. Financially, forget it. That should be, you know, if ever this thing really takes off and we can do a Patreon, I think having like one of those uh, like uh, stretch goals, you know, basically once we get to a certain number of patrons like that, I will get hair plugs. I think that would I think that would be funny. I think that would be a really funny way to spend the money. It's got to be like 10 grand, right? For like good ones. Because, I mean, uh, whatever Rob Holding did looks great. Because like Maron Shemak did it and it didn't really look great. But that was a few years ago. Technology just keeps getting better. I think generally people are too embarrassed. If Jeff Bezos, you know, the, uh, the second richest man on earth. Who's been bald famously for a long time? You know, he if, if he were to do it, everyone would say like no one. Ever, everyone's seen you, man. Elon Musk did it before he became like massively famous. He was just rich. Rob Holding did it in the in the public eye. He you know he's on TV every Saturday. Anyway, I think that's the show for the week it or the, for for the week for the for the three months i'm very tired it's two ten in the morning um but i knew that i i but i wanted to get this out tomorrow because then it's timely and i'll be one of the first shows up talking about Conquer champions league something that no one really listens to this is gonna be here for and you probably already heard people talk about the UEFA Champions League, uh, probably discussed in better detail on bigger shows, but we're having fun. I like to think we're having fun. We're trying to be like the um, the the soccer beat reporter for Us Weekly, the cha- Champions League beat reporter for Us Weekly. That's what we're doing over here decent job.